0: This is Callaway Live. Where else would you be? Of course it's Callaway Live. I'm not above appreciating the courtesy clause, so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. So we're off to a great start. This is our third show. Our first two shows broke all of our internet digital content records, which, uh, yeah, that's worthy of an applause, especially since none of you can actually verify any of that. So we broke all the records, and tonight we have an even better show for you guys. We're really excited about this show. This. Borders on the same type of excitement we had. Remember when we turned the atrium into the dog park? Do you remember that? Yeah. That was good. There it is. Our dog park. And uh, that was actually one of the better hack golf initiatives that we got, that we built up right up there. Too soon? No? All right. So we have a great show for you today. Our guest is, there's been a lot of talk in golf lately about underrated things and overrated things. And if you if follow golf, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Tonight... For my money, our guest is one of the most underrated people in the entire sport. He's written 11 books on golf and golf architecture. He started the original golf blog almost 13 years ago, JeffShackleford.com. so you know who it is now. I just told you his name. And he is one of the most astute golf commentators going. He knows more about golf architecture than most architects do, and he will be on the show tonight talking about all things golf, golf, golf architecture, as well as He has some uh, very provocative opinions on equipment, and we're gonna ask him about that. I know, I know, right here, can you believe it? How about that? So we're gonna do some fun stuff with Jeff. We got Chad's tiny studio as well, and we'll be right back with Jeff Shackelford. told you it's weird. You feel like you're applauding every time. <laughs> <now. laughs> hey, let's do that one more time. That didn't go that well. we'll do that. No, I'm choking. joking. All right, so we're uh, doing fake commercials right now. We're going to talk about all this stuff. And then uh, five, stars. five stars performance. It's, uh, yeah, we have a little joke about that a little bit later, which uh, when we run it through the uh, Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. Good. All right, all right. That was good. You liked? Yeah. Seiji? Thank you for no heckling. I owe you for that one. You Appreciate hey, Harry, that. Did did sage paint these pictures for you? This is from my daughter Karis. That's actually the uh, Callaway Golf Cat, right there. Yeah. Everything other there has has l- so a little bit of meaning. All right, we're back in in six. tonight as I mentioned before I call him golf renaissance man which is a term that I normally reserve for myself as you guys know I like him not only because he's done all these cool stuff in the sport but his mouth gets him in trouble from time to time so we like that here so please welcome to our show tonight on Callaway live Jeff Shackleford. Yeah. there he is hey how are you good to see you thanks for having me yeah. Look how well dressed Jeff Shackelford is uh, the image that you have to maintain at all times does that get a little hard for you, wearing the uh, the jacket around a golf company like ours?
1: Well, when you are called a blogger, people tend to think you're in pajamas and your basement and you're plotting some sort of revenge. I
0: know. noticed when you walked into our office, you went full sunglasses because you hadn't seen real daylight in a long time. Huh? How do your how do you how do your parents even describe what it is you do? Because I was telling mm.
1: someone we're having Jeff on the show tonight. And like, oh, I yeah. know that guy. What does that guy do? Media. <laughs> yeah. Media. It's nice and vague. That's what I go with now. I, I uh, You know, I've kind of adapted to the times, and, and some of them are good and some of them are bad, but uh, I, I really wanted to be a golf architect, and uh, you know, I kind of saw where things were going there, and I did books, and I started a blog when nobody knew what that really was, and I kind of got lucky that that evolved the way it did. And then the economy kind of went the way it did. So I knew golf architecture wasn't going to happen. And writing books is a little shaky. So uh, then I started doing television work. Yeah, that's nice.
0: <laughs>
1: that's nice. Well, what's next? You ought to pick more dying industries that you can try yeah, to be a part yeah. of. So
0: wh- when did you decide that, oh, golf architecture, that's what I want to be? It's kind of in vogue now. But I can't imagine that was all that cool in the bars running around LA. No, no, yeah. no.
1: It still isn't, by yeah. the way. Uh, you know, it's one of those things you uh, when you play a lot of golf. Some people just take to golf courses and finding them interesting and some people don't. Some people are more interested in their game and just trying to get through the golf course. I was one of those people who, even though I was a pretty good player, I was more interested in picking apart what the architect was trying to do and why this person took this vast canvas and made it the way they did and most of the time it was like, why did this idiot do what they did? uh, and then I got a book, uh, George Thomas's book, my dad had, and I got to read that. And then uh, just kind of one thing after another. And, and I was always interested in um, kind of cultural stuff, and uh, art, and movies, and, and seeing the ties with golf architecture kind of just uh, really spurred my interest.
0: So even when you were, uh, Jeff played college golf. A lot of people probably don't realize that um, not that long ago. Uh, but Jeff and I are similar ages, <laughs> so it was just like three or four years ago. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> So, when you were playing golf, when you were actually trying to make a score, yeah. did you attack golf courses through the lens of somebody that knew all this, or was that totally outside of your mind for a No, time? I
1: did, and that's, that's a very dangerous thing, by the way. Once you start noticing all the trouble, noticing everything the architect did, not a good way to play the game. You, you really just have too much on your mind at that point. And
0: what do you think about today's architecture, if there is such a thing? Um, you haven't been critical of it at all, have oh, you? Oh, no, now never, yet? no. So what do you think when you think of, you know, what's happening on tour and and how kind of the game's evolving, what what in your mind are some of the themes that pop up?
1: Well, things are actually uh, going in a good direction right now, I feel, um, and, and part of it was the economy drove some of it, but I think part of it's just changing tastes. It's really neat to see since I started writing about this stuff and being interested and ranting and raving about things, how players who really let's face it they dictate the conversation have gotten to be more astute about what's a good hole and what's good for golf and to me that's very exciting we're, we're not there all the way but the the difference compared to 10 years ago in you know the people who are called minimalists which is like Ben Crenshaw and, and Bill Kaur and Tom Doak and Gil Hans, who I do work with you know that term uh, 10 years ago we sound like we should be driving VW vans and you know, smoking pot and like we're really like hippies. It's only because you're smoking pot and driving VW <laughs> vans. But yeah. now minimalism's cool, so yeah. that's that's kind of in a nutshell the progress we've made. We're not the lunatic fringe anymore, and that's exciting. Well, you went
0: air quotes on us on minimalist there, and <laughs> which means that you you almost, as you said, considered that sort of like a, a pejorative to meant to keep you guys sort of on the outside. But when you think of Minimalist architecture. What are, the, what are the
1: tenets of that to you? Well, you take what nature gives you because ultimately, what good golf courses come down to is golfers reject what feels man made, what feels artificial. You know, it's just like watching a movie and you see fake digital special effects, it just doesn't resonate. But when you watch uh, a, a film where it feels real, it feels authentic, you respond to it. And the same thing, especially with golf architecture. You feel like if some person there is trying to pull the levers and mess with your game, you don't like it. And that's why people don't like penal courses. And when you feel like you're playing something where they literally just walked on the land, mowed down the grass, and cut cups, even if they didn't, if you just feel like that's the case, you're more likely to embrace that and find that interesting. And and you're not going to be annoyed by the stuff that's a little bit quirky, like a blind shot, because you're going to say, hey, that was natural.
0: Or all the smoke pouring out of vans nearby, yeah, or that kind of stuff. <laughs> so what, what, uh, what are some of like the top? When you think of that style in America, which isn't something people talk about in America too much, we're we're the land. We like to move things, yeah, build yeah. stuff. So what, what are some of the places that you think of when you think yeah. these are really good examples of what you're talking about?
1: Well, most of the golf courses done in the '20s that we revere, the the Cypress Points, uh, Shinnecock Hills, you name all the top tens. Uh, the marians every one of those they are they're minimalist designs in that they may have moved things around but they did it in a way that makes you feel like it's natural and so that's why those courses endure and why people still love them and they still want to play tournaments there
0: is that your design aesthetic too when you start because you've designed some courses and have collaborated on some as well is that sort of your input there absolutely take, okay this is what was done in the past how can we apply it or is there a modern touch to that
1: I would like to see us do that. I think one thing that where we're, we're kind of stagnant uh, is that we kind of are not saying, okay, this is what the old architects did, and that's really great. Now, how can we take the things that work from that and then maybe throw, uh, throw in a new spin, put in something that's a little bit more intricate? You know, the old architects all wrote, what we're doing today is, is nice, but down the road, they're going to be doing amazing things. Well, it ended up, it kind of <laughs> went the other way, uh, and, and things went, the opposite direction. So we're just now kind of getting course design back to the principles that a lot of those architects brought to the game, which they all just brought from the Lynx courses of Scotland. Yeah. Um, so the next stage is now to really put in this interesting strategy that's sort of like you find on the old course. I mean, let's say the most strategic course on the planet is the oldest course, the first really that was ever built, which is kind of a ringing entitlement really. We should have hung it up architect- right there. And exactly. It a day. I mean, yeah. really, we peaked at the
0: start. We would have 300 total golfers globally. <laughs> That'd make our jobs easy at Callaway. We'd only have to sell like two sets of irons and a dozen balls yeah. every year, and that we'd make our number. Yeah. But um, so and it's, I think it's hard because I love that style too. It's one of the reasons anytime anybody invites me yeah. to go to Bandon, I'll, I'll go. I don't care who it is. If it's my annoying neighbor who I never talk to, <laughs> he's hey, you want to go to Bandon? I'm going. We'll drive yeah. up there. We'll take the. But tour golf is really all people ever see on TV now. And so you don't really see these types of golf no. courses a lot. Is, that, is that, Are we in danger of sort of having this thing be totally niche?
1: No, because one of the things that has been really fun, and we're gonna, and this year is just amazed me. We just saw Royal County Down host the Irish Open. Um, Gullen, where uh, Phil Mickelson's going to play in the Scottish Open. I mean, that's one of the oldest p- places on the planet. The people who are in charge are realizing that not only do the players have a great time playing these things, and when they have a great time, they're more fun to watch, but for us, it's more fun to go to those places or to watch those places on television. So where it's possible, where it works, we're actually seeing some tournaments really go back to these great places, and and, and every time it's a home run, every time.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Now one, of the, one of the things here at Callaway is we are a prove-what-you-say kind of company. Can we agree to that? Yeah. And, yeah. 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 And so we've f- we followed Jeff for more than a decade, and he's written 11 books, and um, I've read none of them. No, I've read probably six of okay. them or seven of them. And we thought, can he just write about golf, or does he actually know what he's doing? You know, he's done rustic can and collaborated on some of the biggest projects, um, high-profile projects, but he, can he really put these skills to the ultimate test? And so we took him earlier today into our office to have him design the ultimate office golf course. Here's Jeff. Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, we, we haven't edited that piece we're yet. Gonna so pre- yeah, we'll oh, we're going to pretend oh. to have watched it. So it was pretend it's awesome when he comes binding. back.
1: Spellbinding. It's
0: going to be really, really good. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be really good. good. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. You, t- you took that very seriously. And I, my only question here is, um, should it be a should it be a private you're, course? You're or the or comic public?
1: relief. I'm not here to, to <laughs> deliver right? the jokes. Come I thought on. it was a pretty
0: face. Um, did, should it be a private course, or should we go public on that thing? I think we should go public. What you think? thing? Your putting course? Yeah, uh, it's private. Open? Oh, it is. Very private. private yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's restricted. All right. Well, you got to do a book on it, so at least I can see the yeah. see the pictures. So we mentioned before um, before we did that a little bit about the game and how tour golf is evolving and the effect of it on architecture. I want to talk to you a little bit about that when we get back from the break. You willing
1: to talk oh, about that? Oh, I
0: can't wait. All right, you're in, you're in sort of hostile grounds here. Yeah, the uh, chair's not going to
1: drop through the floor, right? We'll, I mean, throw, okay. uh, we'll throw golf balls, okay. but they'll be chrome Alright. soft. They won't
0: hurt. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jeff a little bit about his take on equipment right here on Callaway Live. Jeff's talking to me right now. He's giving me some high-level producer stuff. You know, I
1: think your audience is smart enough to <laughs> yeah, figure yeah, that yeah. out. I'm, even though they're drinking. So um, now, now, what did Holly
0: say to you when you texted her? Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. yeah. He knows Holly Saunders. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can take a yeah. sip now, yeah, by the way. There was a Holly drinking of, uh, game Jeff in case Newbar you didn't get the message. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's why Ethan's half drunk all the time in our office. Okay. Okay, so coming out of this, I'm gonna reference, we have this social thing <laughs> that we're gonna plug in, that someone, is, so when you hear, her, I'm gonna say, oh, that was a really cool commercial, you know, everyone thinks they can make ads, you know, something like that. And then we'll get into Jeff and equipment. Jeff Shackleford here, a mostly docile audience, I would say. Not Very, hostile. No,
1: no. <laughs> but so uh, far.
0: how'd you like that commercial with the yeah. guy said it? Very everyone nice. Everyone thinks they can do an ad. Everyone <laughs> thinks they can be a marketing guy. And you know why they think that? Because everyone can be a marketing yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but anyway, so as we kind of evolve, and I think really your site, when I think of Jeff thirteen years by the way, right? That's amazing. Yeah. In this uh, when you're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you really Scary. Jeff was really the first guy to do a site like that, which has evolved into one of the key commentary sites about golf, um, unbiased, I would say, too. Boy, are you unbiased. <laughs> but uh, I'd like for you to be a little more biased towards the equipment companies, if you don't mind. But there's a whole place on there where you are, I think, you know, fair, fairly critical. Uh, I say fairly as in he's fair, not fairly as in mildly, because he's extremely critical of the uh, golf company. But... What, what effect do you think is having as we evolve in here on the, these these great golf courses that we've been talking about?
1: Well, this, the website started as a continuation of a book I wrote called The Future of Golf. And, and the point of the book was that we were getting away from certain values that weren't really good for the future of the game. And one of those main issues that, that is important to me and a lot of other people is protecting the old courses, making sure that the footprint of a golf course doesn't go from Uh, 6,500 yards to 7,500 yards. Well, we've done that, so now we're just trying to prevent it from going to 8,500 yards or something thereabouts because that just stretches out the time it takes to play and a lot of us feel kind of takes away some of the fun factor when it's all about power. So, I wrote that book and then have continued the website uh, as sort of a continuation of my view that that we need to make sure we kind of keep a good balance between um, challenge and skill and fun and affordability and all that kind of stuff so on the reprints do you just erase 7500 <laughs> and put in 8500 yeah. you, you go
0: 9500 we're gonna try yeah. to do that here at callaway we want you to do like no i mean i think for us here um or any equipment company i think it's it's definitely uh, one where we respect the game but we're also trying to give enjoyment to people from a game that's really hard i have never met anyone walking off a golf course that told me that that was an, that was easy
1: Right, no, and 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 we're all very understanding of that concept. Uh, the point is, though, that there is a, p- a danger in kind of chasing distance. You know, when you when you stretch courses out and do all that, that's the view, and then also just kind of the architecture and how it all functions and plays. And um, so that's why we take that point of view, and and we're uh, you know the the terrorists of the game. But uh, we we feel like uh, people understand what we're trying to say, and more and more now, and there's kind of been a a quieting of the discussion and and i don't know how you feel if that's something that you guys feel a lot of pressure still from the governing bodies because they have made a few adjustments
0: yeah i mean we every day we feel (laughs) like there's it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter and you know we we feel like every time they make it tighter it's forcing us to figure ways out to innovate and you know innovation is good um, for technology for the game and you know i don't really know what the right answer is i just w- what if you were made sort of king for a day over all the ruling bodies what what would be some things you would do if you could unilaterally say right now without any discussion yeah. or ru- you know cooling off period as you mentioned what what would they be
1: i've had a very strong view for a long time that and and the word is so <laughs> awful bifurcation you know only the usga <laughs> could come up only their lawyers could <laughs> come up with that word but it's really what to me would be the best thing for the game because um, ultimately what a lot of this comes down to is a professional game. You're right, the amateur isn't affected necessarily by a lot of these uh, advances in distance. So if you have two sets of rules, our view, uh, those of us on one side, feel that uh, the pros are going to play a game that's a little bit more relatable because I feel like they're not quite as relatable as they used to be when uh, Roy McElroy wins at Quail Hollow never hitting more than a nine iron into a par four, something like that. But I also have always felt that the good player, the aspiring player, is still going to buy what Phil Mickelson plays. They're still going to aspire and play uh, that equipment or that ball, whatever it is that maybe controls the distance a little bit. And then the average golfer is going to be free to go and play whatever they want. And there's a view that, that two sets of rules is just not what people want. And I, I, I don't agree. I think I think the game would survive and thrive. With those kinds of with that setup of two sets of rules,
0: so would that affect kind of all levels of tour? Like, where does it just P.J. Tour?
1: I think the P.J. Tour, men's tour, tour women's men's tour. tour yeah, I don't know about uh, women's and Champions Tour. I don't think so. But on the other hand, you know, <laughs> some of the, the places these these players are hitting on all tours are astounding. They're just astounding. And and it, as an architect, it's it's not. You know, a lot of us don't want to go and and. Slow this stuff down uh, because we like seeing people hit it shorter. It's just strictly by the design and trying to maintain the elements of the design to keep them relevant. Are there by the things way, you isn't it wonderful? It got so quiet. I in know. Here. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of people's <laughs> livelihoods that are being affected by this. No, event. but see, that's that's where it's there's the misunderstanding <laughs> is that if you bifurcate, I, I really believe that it allows companies to still do what they want to do maybe even innovate more for the average golfer and also do stuff for the aspiring player that's more maybe I don't know how you uh, it depends on how you approach it but I think it could be a positive but we tend to be in the minority. Yeah, on I that can one. see that from
0: an architect's point of view, but yeah. you know, I really don't want to start watching Gary Woodland hitting 240 yard drives. I know uh. that's not what you're saying. I know that's not what you're saying. 250 yard
1: drives. <laughs> no, no. 10%. He's going to go f- he would go from 330 to 300 and the world would continue to revolve on its <laughs> axis. The sun would set in the west.
0: Yeah. I well, I think I'm kind of one of those guys. I love watching tournaments where par means something so i love watching a u.s open when one or two under wins or Mm. one or two over but i think i'm in the minority on that and obviously we we are among golf circles and people say that but every time there's a birdie fest on the back nine on sunday in a a tournament the ratings are always the best ratings of of the year and um, and we saw it this year at at the masters with well, an exciting back. Nine. What
1: you're talking about are a couple different things. There, there's birdie fests like the Bob Hope Classic, kind of everybody is 30 under par, but then there are also those great ones where you see a lot of birdies being made, but you also see the course able to kind of separate the field. The really elite players are able to just attack it and go and, and light it up, and it, but it's also kind of weeding out the people who aren't playing as well. And th- finding that balance is very hard, and that's one of the things with the whole sort of distance pursuit, and and the views of uh, technology and course setup uh that's been a struggle you know because i don't think there's anything worse than, than what you like which is that where where everybody's just getting beaten up and yeah. you don't feel like skill matters th- and i don't like that that's that's just not as a viewer that's not rewarding i mean the, these guys are and gals are incredible and when you see that person just like a great horse race where that one horse is just takes off down the stretch the excitement of watching that one player Emerge uh, through skill and their talent, and we know how hard this game is, and and under pressure, and everybody watching. To me, that's just the most rewarding thing to watch. I feel like you're being a little politically
0: correct with us today. (laughs) This is not the Jeff Shackleford I know. This is not the Jeff. This is not the Jeff that I like to mix it up with on Twitter, who tells me that I'm an idiot, that I don't know what I'm talking about.
1: Document that. Yes. I have
0: no evidence to support any of that actually <laughs> happen, but we have we believe that we have the best R&D in anywhere in the world, here, am Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. So, shameless commercial. Yeah, subtle. Shameless commercial, hashtag awesome R&D. And, uh, and so they worked on a little something for us, knowing that you would be here. And it's a little thing oh, yeah. that we've called, because we're really good at names too, um, the Shackalizer. Uh-oh, yeah. And so what oh the Shackalizer boy. is, is it took a bunch of tweets that we sent out, and I just told you we're shameless promoters of our company here. It took a bunch of our, of our tweets over the past several weeks, ran it through the shackalizer, and it spit it out in the essence of how Jeff would break down what we were actually trying yeah. to say for the consumer. Nice. Yeah. So a little shackalizer, this was uh, months in the making. And here's, uh, so we're gonna show you the original Callaway tweet, run it through the shackalizer. And then we will get uh, the, the essence from, from Jeff through the Shackalizer. So here's the original tweet. Tour pros aren't the only ones raving about XR Woods. Oh. They just dominated the Golf Works gear trials. Yeah? How about that? Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Great tweet. Wow.
0: Yeah. So we ran it through the uh, Shackalizer. And here it is. A bunch of guys who think they know something about golf clubs said they liked XR Woods. Hashtag internet golfers. I have have nothing to correct on that. That's perfect. It's pretty pretty accurate. I told you we have the best R&D. All right, here's the next one. Um, This is the original Callaway tweet, shameless commercial. And last but not least, we wrap up a trio of Team Callaway birthdays over past two days. Happy 30th, Sandra Gal. There's Sandra Gal. It's a great tweet. Yeah, love that. Run it through the shackleizer. <laughs> One more lame excuse to post the picture of Sandra Gal dancing around in a golf skirt. Uh,
1: All right. I think I, w- I, think I would have said short, short skirt yeah. instead of short. golf. But other than that, pretty good. So we got some tweaks to yeah. do on the old shackleizer to yeah, get yeah, it i Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little right. slow, I see. Yeah, yeah it's yeah.
0: working out well, huh? Yeah. Okay, so here's another original Callaway Golf tweet. Shameless promotion of Callaway Golf products. Believe the hype! Chrome Soft achieves perfect score in performance, feel, and innovation on the golf list hot list. Golf Digest Hot List. So we ran that through the Shackalizer. And spits out. Hotlist only gave Chrome Soft three stars for demand. Nice job, marketing team. Retail <laughs> fail.
1: Nice. You like that? Yeah. I, I don't think I would have capitalized Chrome and soft <laughs> yeah. though. Just to just to throw in a little oh, more of a yeah. All
0: right. And uh, we got one more? Is one more uh, one more original Callaway golf tweet. Here we go. Um, oh this is unsolicited advice in five words. This is what uh, this is what we call real-time marketing. You kind of tag into a hashtag and people love that stuff, wow. don't they, from, from Callaway Golf. I'd probably hit a provisional. This is from Callaway Golf. Unsolicited advice in five words: Run it through the shackleizer and hire another social media manager. Yeah. Unsolicited <laughs> advice in five words. So that's our
1: shakalizer. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Pretty close. I'm huh? pretty Very close. I'm I'm disturbed, frankly, we're yeah. so close. Yeah. If
0: anybody knows and follows Jeff and reads his blog, you know that. That's the essence of Jeff. He'll cut things right down to the essence of anything that's absurd in golf. Jeff will be the guy that's right there. Is that fair to say, that now your parents have something they can tell their friends of what you do? Yeah, I don't know if that's (laughs) quite the hashtag they were looking for, but. Are we absent, do you think, in golf now, of sort of people that are uh, unafraid to sort of tell it like it is of what's happening out there to consumers?
1: Yeah, I mean, look at this in golf broadcasting, how, like, Johnny Miller is still the guy. And they say, well, who's going to replace Johnny? Because there's nobody like Johnny. And we do need that. I mean look at tennis. Uh, all those former players are great. They're cranky. They're opinionated. They're smart. <laughs> they're funny. They're a little nutty. Uh, and we, and maybe it's just the nature of our sport. We don't bring it out in people because you're out there a long time. You have to be calm and focused. You can't get worked up. But um, it would be nice to see some more, especially players, let's, let's face it. You know, writers can say all we want, but people want to hear players be opinionated. And, um, you yeah, know, that's one of the things we love about Phil, uh, your guy. He's going to just tell it like it is.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's been known to have an opinion or two
1: on some <laughs> things from time to time.
0: Yeah. I'd be terrible at that job. I've grown. Yeah, up in the yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. And it's uh, not your thing. I'm generally pretty passive-aggressive. I could see myself in the booth being like, uh, you think you like that shot? Yeah. <laughs> or, huh, you think he likes the white belt with those shoes? <laughs> I wouldn't be good at it. No. Nah. But I'll tell you a guy who's really good at breaking stuff down here for us at Cali, And that's hashtag Chad Coleman. He's the purveyor of all yeah. these tweets. Yeah. And you, you're going to love this segment, okay. it's chock full of millennial oh, gold. The, which the I only I know people you who love. matter. <laughs> yeah. Love. So we're going to throw it right now to Chad's tiny studio. When you talk about, when you talk about work ethic, let me tell you something (laughs) about that kid. Um, Never mind.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: He's millennials. He is. You actually, one of the funnier things I saw you wrote was you commented on a Forbes article about millennials, and uh, you're a big fan of the whole, like,
1: let's focus all on millennials, aren't you, Jeff? You know, <laughs> just so that we're clear here, I love all things that people are doing to appeal to millennials. You know, the restaurants with everything in lower case and <laughs> the artisanal <laughs> food and craft this and craft that. You know, you travel now, you can eat all these great meals, but it's just that there are other people in the world besides <laughs> those who are 18 to 34 or now, is it now 20 to 36, whatever. But, yeah. you know, there, there are baby boomers who... Um, you know, still buy things. and This idea that your brain shuts down at 34 and you're not interested <laughs> in, you, you can't be convinced of uh, buying something, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty much evidence that that's not the case. And a lot of us are that, that way. And that that's what I have a problem
0: with. I remember you and I were talking about. They're nice about about people, though. You and I were talking. <laughs> no, really? Well, we were talking about it at 4.30 the other night at dinner, you and I. <laughs> and, uh, that was a great, <laughs> great buffet, by the way. So what what can golf do that f- to you? Like, what are just some ideas? And I don't want to put you on the spot, but can Uh-oh. still kind of maintain its integrity, but still sort of appeal to younger people that maybe see it as sort of slower and and you know the golf courses are too short. I think
1: the number one thing you hear about millennials is that they want authenticity. So the idea of trying to pander to one group of people right there are we losing them just by not being who we are? Golf is not. Uh skiing, it's not tennis, it's it's a different kind of sport, it's a different pace. And embrace some of those things. Stop trying to be something we aren't, it would be my message, because I think they probably see right through it.
0: Ah, he's an expert on millennials, as it turns out. (laughs) I don't know. All right, that's Jeff Shackelford. You can see why we had him on here. Great guest today, Jeff. We really appreciate you being here. Why don't you come back sometime? Anytime, Harry. Thank you very much. (laughs) Much, Jeff. Next week, we got an awesome show for you. Thanks for joining us tonight on Callaway Live, and we'll see you again next week. Have A guest that's committed, but we just do this in case we screwed up. Oh, in
1: yes. case um, somebody, yeah, who is it?
0: Amanda from uh, PJTour.com. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. all What am I doing, Jeff? Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope that that wasn't too annoying. On the waste of time a meter, that was like a 2 out of 10. It wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Next week, we got a great show. Amanda Balionis, our good friend from PGATour.com, is here. Yeah. So she'll be a lot of fun. Make sure you check that out. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Callaway Live. Yeah. All right. thank you thank you and we are still standing in alright.